please welcome to the stage our guest moderator, Edith Bowman. Hello. How are you all? Nice to see you. Um, this is a real treat tonight because it's, uh, it's really nice when, when we do these and we get a combination of cast and director to get that kind of both sides of things. And, and for something that's so huge as this as well, it's a real, um, I know, has anyone seen the film yet? You have. Okay. Um, well, before we welcome the mic, let's just uh, have a quick look at the trailer to see what we're all in store for. This is one day. When we were at university, I had a crush on you. Oh, I felt the same. <laughs> the problem is I fancy pretty much everyone. <laughs> really, I mean, it's like I've just gone out of prison all the time. It's a real problem. From the moment they met... Fugate crashed my birthday party, called me Julie, and spilled red wine down my top. Ouch. Emma and Dexter were destined to be together. I'm not good at this. Maybe we could just be friends. Mom done swallowed me up. But life... You can have anything you like. Anything up to the value of, say, 14 pounds? Got in the way. Everyone's lost at 25. You're not. Trainee TV producer. Well, welcome to Nightline Lock-In! Nice new flat. Group sex Tuesdays and Fridays. Yeah, but, you know, I am crying on the inside. <laughs> I just called to let you know you are the uh, best friend uh, I've uh, ever uh, had. I'm touched, Dex, but you're off your face. Dexter? Dex? You're amazing and famous. I love you, Dexter. I just don't like you anymore. Based on the international bestseller... You're getting married. Yeah. ...that critics called a modern classic. I missed you, Dex. I screwed up my career. I screwed up my friendships. That's not true. I need to speak to someone. Not someone, yet you. Please welcome to the stage this evening, star of the film, Mr. Jim Sturgis, and your director, Looney Scherfig. Hello. Welcome. Welcome, thank Stay you. It's work. <laughs> working. Yes. Yeah, it does right. work. Good. Yay! Um, thank you for joining us tonight. Um, a lot of people very excited about this film. Um, one of those stories that just captivated people's and captured people's hearts, because I guess so many people can relate to elements of, of the original stories as well and stuff. Um, Jim, had you read the book prior to, to being involved in, in the project? No, I hadn't. I mean, I, I read the script first, which I'm quite pleased I did, because I could sort of judge it on just it being a script and it being a film, and, you know, yeah. and it sort of, you know, touched and moved me even at that, you know, as a, as a script. So I knew that, you know, it was going to work as a, as a film. And then I was able to sort of go into the book and, you know, really find the sort of flesh and bones of the characters and and sort of discover a lot more. In fact, Lone gave me her copy of the book at the audition, <laughs> which I thought was quite a good sign. Is that a well. sign that you had it? Is yeah. It, you got the job, got, she gave me her book? She gave me the book. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you know pretty much straight away when he, when he auditioned? Well, I think, Jim, I read an interview with you somewhere where you didn't know if I actually had a whole pile of books in my <laughs> 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 But no, it was my copy. Uh, yes, and I gave it to Jim because I thought if he read it, it probably would, wouldn't be a waste of his time because I thought he was going to play the part. Mm. And also because when I get nervous, I tend to give people things. <laughs> okay. But you can't have my handbag, okay? <laughs> Can I have your glasses, though? At least your glasses. It's a, within the film, the relationship spans 20 years. Is that a great, mm. I guess, palette for an actor in terms of, of how that changes throughout that time space of, of putting, you know, giving it different twists. And yeah, I mean, it's so rare to sort of spend 20 years with one person. Normally you can, you know, the film spans in, in a day or also yeah. just short space of their life. So the kind of, you know, the concept of just meeting up with them every year, that one day a year, was, I mean, it was a challenge because you had to sort of, you know, really flesh out what was happening in that year before the film kind of catches up with them, mm. especially with the relationship that uh, Dexter has with Anne's character, Emma, you know, you had to work out sort of, you know, what else had been going on that year, you know, if you'd been talking much that year, had you been arguing, had you not even seen each other that year? Um, so, yeah, it was, it was really exciting, really exciting just to play so many different stages in one person's life. You know, one, one minute you're a father, you know, someone thrust a screaming baby in your hands, <laughs> which was terrifying. <laughs> and then the next minute you're a sort of, I don't know, you know, coked up TV presenter, you know, in an outrageous suit with shoulder pads <laughs> out here. Uh, Lonnie, for you, what was it that, that, that made you want to, to work on this project? It's, it's a lovely script. It's very, very good and very humorous dialogue. And then at some point, the story takes a, a drastic turn and it becomes very emotional. So it had both elements, which I generally really like. It's very layered and it's about... Um, all the detours you take through your 20s and 30s. So it was life that I have already lived and um, a, a fantastic challenge to make all these tiny, tiny time jumps and to direct uh, actors of, of your caliber. It's, um, it, it's, it's that thing of, of con condensing something as well in terms of a book that's been you know, such a huge success for people to condense that to, to fit in, you know... <laughs> on the big screen. Was that an easy job? Was that an easy thing to well, do? Well, it's uh, David Nichols, who wrote the book yeah. uh, one day, also wrote the script. So a lot of the decisions about what to keep in and what to leave out, he'd already done. And mm -hmm. as you know, film is very economic. There is so much information about time and place and mood and that you get just from the images and, f and from, uh, from the music, the way that changes, it's produced differently over those 20-something uh, uh, years. And that is cinema. Even if it's a wonderful book, it has strong cinematic qualities because you just very subtly see and feel how things change. And hopefully, when you get towards the end, get this, oh, wow, was that all that time we spent when you realize that they have aged in front of you without you noticing. Um, was there a favourite location for you both for filming? Because you had some pretty awesome locations. Yeah, we were really lucky. I mean, obviously we had to shoot yeah. the film over the summer because, I mean, it's every day the 15th of July, so there was never a rainy day on set, you know. Um, Edinburgh, obviously, was, yeah. it was a lovely place to go. Got me right there, that's <laughs> <time>. <laughs> But then I have to say that. 
No, I mean, it was one of the greatest sort of filming experiences of my life, really, was when we, we sort of went to Dinar, which is in the north of France, near Brittany, and we had to play these two characters on holiday, you know, so that was like the easiest day at work ever. Lauren was like, right, can you just come sunbathe on that beach over there? And we'll, f we'll film you doing it. I was like, all right, that's fine. You know, go for a swim in the sea and, you know, we'll film you doing that. So, yeah, it was, a, it was just... And it was at a time when we'd been sort of working on the film long enough and relationships had been made with the crew and yeah. we were all sort of good friends by that point. And it was just a really sort of fun... How long were we there for? A couple of a week or a couple yeah, of weeks? Maybe yeah, maybe a week or so. And the, and about this, a little, a couple of days in Edinburgh and some days in Paris. Mm -hmm. Paris but, is good. Yeah. So we got to shoot at some really amazing places, yeah. but most of the film does take place here in London, and the characters are very typical for Londoners of that period. Let's take a little look at a couple of clips to kind of see that progression of the relationship through those different locations as well. We start off with a, uh, uh, well, she thinks it's the. He thinks it's the first time they've met. Have a look at this clip. Oh, Tilly. Callum. Tilly, come on, it's time to go home. Callum. Ow! Shush. You know, we've never actually met. Actually, we have, several times. Oh, have we? You gate crashed my birthday party, called me Julie, and spilt red wine down my top. Ouch. Well, I'm. Um... Sorry about that. No, not at all. You're delightful. No, was I? No. No, you weren't. <laughs> Look, uh, if you're not Julie, then... I'm Emma. Emma. Emma Morley. Emma Morley. Oh, listen, I'll, I'll walk you home. Brilliant Jodie Whittaker there as well. She's yeah, great. she's amazing. I love Jodie as well. I just did another film with Jodie after the year where she played my wife, so that was kind of strange. Oh, awesome. <laughs> yeah. Weird. Um, and and we, we have to talk about Anne as well because... From the off, she's in there. She's, you know, she's given him as good as, as, as he thinks he can give, sort of thing, which is, is a real spark to the start of that character and their relationship, I think, as well. From that scene. Yeah, the sort of banter that they have, which is, which is straight. I mean, that happens straight away. The minute they meet, they sort of, you know, almost sort of rib each other and just banter off each other. And they have such, they come at life from such different points of view, but are able to just sort of connect through humour. I think, you know. So uh, yeah, Anne's character is great at that time. I think, I don't know, maybe I'm just talking about myself. Every, everyone, I think, <laughs> must have had that person that was a friend that you've thought at some point, mm, maybe, am I the only one? Everyone's just sitting there going, yes, you are. Um, but this is the point where she confesses to Dexter about all those years. Louis University. Voice spoken. On you. Yeah, ridiculous, I know. But when we almost uh, did it that night, I couldn't believe it. My poems and everything. What have you got to say to that? Well, I already knew. <laughs> what do you mean you knew? I sort of guessed. Hmm? Was uh, epic letters and compilation tapes. Mm. So go on then. What what happened? Mm. I got to know you. You cured me of you. Uh. 
It's a compilation tape. See, I, I made at least five of those. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever make a compilation tape for anyone? Yeah. yeah. See? The cassette recorder wasn't invented when I was that age. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really timeless as well, the film, in terms of the really subtle, obvious signs of, of when it's happening, you know, in terms of, of years or, or decades and stuff like that. But it really is timeless as well. It's a timeless story. Would you agree? Um, thank you. That's... Uh, or, and, 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 you know... Thanks on behalf of, of David Nichols, the writer. It's, um, well, it's, it's very basic, this, that you are lovers, but think you're friends, or vice versa. Uh, but it, and, and it's such great love over such a long, long time span. But it gives you an opportunity to, to look at other things, and the sub-themes in the film are really interesting, and, and especially... Dexter's drama with his career and his family and, and years where he abuses all sorts of substances and, and does things he shouldn't have done is a, is a more complex story, whereas Emma is insecure, um, has a lot that she has to struggle with because she's not nearly as privileged as Dexter and overcompensating and, of course, in love with a man who, can't, who hardly notices her but still likes her and calls her all the time. And um, there's something completely elementary about it, but because of the, the way it's written and, and um, the scenes that David has decided to tell in this story, then it, it becomes different in, in the most positive sense of the word. And in this scene we're about to, this last clip we're going to show from the film and then we'll get some questions from you guys. This is, this is when it changes. This is when you see Emma and she's completely changed and you just see I don't know I guess you're saying she's insecure and you see that she's suddenly become really powerful and I guess self-belief in a way I guess maybe it's part of it but this is a great little scene when she comes to pick Dexter up from the station Well, look at you. Huh? You even look like a writer. A writer in Paris. Oh. There's, a, there's a word for this, isn't there? Uh, butch. <laughs> I was gonna say gamine. What do you look like? Me? A screwed up divorcee. <laughs> so, uh, my apartment's not far, shall we? Mm. How long are you staying for? Well, I suppose it's up to you, really. It's just... Look, I, I just wanted to say something which I, I couldn't really do over the phone. And, well, ever since we were last together in uh, London, uh, for a while, actually, I haven't been able to... Before you say anything else, I have to say... Uh, there's something I have to tell you. That's a cliffhanger. Don't say anything. Um, we're going to get your questions. Who'd like to ask the first question? Right there in the front row, gentlemen, there. There's a microphone for you. Can you tell us your name, please, as well? Yeah, I'm Neil. Hi, Neil. Jim, how would you describe your slightly chaotic character? <laughs> and what could you advise us, the audience? What have you learned from playing a character covering 20 years from college onwards? <laughs> <laughs> Just a short one. How would I describe my slightly chaotic character? <laughs> slightly chaotic it would be a good starting place. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was. I remember when I first sort of read the script. I, like a lot of people, I sort of, I didn't really like him. That you know, I sort of found him sort of obnoxious and irritating, and 
arrogant and all those sort of great things. And that was a real sort of draw. But obviously, as I sort of went into looking at his life and the reasons behind this behavior, you know, I found a lot of insecurity there and a lot of vulnerability. And, and then I started to really like him. And then I started thinking, well, actually, he's a really good guy. I mean, he really cares for Emma. And he's a really good friend to her. And he's really supportive of what she does. And, um, and then I was sort of jealous of his sort of spontaneity and his impulsive sort of lifestyle, you know, that he was just able to sort of live life to the full. But I mean, he's irresponsible and he makes some big mistakes in life. And, uh, you know, part of the film, he has, you know, he has to sort of find redemption, I suppose, and he has to sort of learn from those mistakes and realize that there is, uh, you know, there's, there's consequences for his actions. Um, but he was fun to play, and he does change so much throughout the film. I mean, there's many versions of what he becomes, you know. And so it was really, I enjoyed playing the sort of really smarmy sort of Dexter in his TV presenting days when he's taking lots of drugs and drinking and generally being fairly self-destructive. But then I had a really, really beautiful time playing a father to the, to the kids, you know. So I, I really enjoyed acting alongside the young girl who played my daughter and had a really sort of, uh, sort of rich acting experience having to work with a young kid. Because when you work with a young kid, you have to make it, you have to create that believability all the time. You can't just sort of turn up and then just act through those scenes. You know, I had to sort of help maintain that sort of relationship even when the cameras weren't sort of rolling. And I really enjoyed sort of working with her and playing that part of his life when he'd sort of mellowed and, you know, he'd gone through some pretty tragic things in his life and had sort of learned to sort of accept who he is as a person. As far as advice, geez, man, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I'm worthy of giving any advice. I guess, you know, life sort of throws a lot of stuff at you, you know, and, and you just, you have to learn from all the mistakes that you make. And that was the other thing. I mean, I find, you know, Dexter isn't a bad person and wasn't, he's not so horrific, you know. He sleeps with a lot of women. Great, you know. He has a good time. Great. Uh, he doesn't do anything bad to anybody. He's, he's never, he never really manipulates Emma that much. And when he does think he's going to, he, he, he fixes it, you know. So, uh, yeah, I don't have any advice, I don't think, other than learn from your mistakes. And also, you know, acknowledge the people that are around you, you know, and, and be aware of them and how important they could well be in your life, you know. Taking people for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next question, please. Hello. Um, it's a really well-loved book. I've never read it. I just want to say that straight away. <laughs> <laughs> see the film first. Um, do you feel a pressure um, when, when there's a book that's so big and so well-regarded towards the fans and obviously playing a character that people have already got an idea of what they're like in their heads? Did you feel, like, pressure? <laughs> I do now, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I didn't at the time, but I, I mean, I, I, I'd been out of the country a lot. I'd been working on something else, so I wasn't really aware of how popular the book was here in England. And then we started the film, and we were sort of, you know, when you make a film, you're in such a little bubble, you know, so I, I didn't really kind of, I wasn't that aware of it. It wasn't until after we made the film that I just saw that orange cover everywhere I went, and then I started to get a little freaked out. 
And yeah, you'd sit on the train or you'd be sitting in the park or you'd be on a beach. And when I even saw the book on a beach in Dubai, you know, I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> it's every, that cover, yeah. It's plaguing my <laughs> nightmares. The new cover is going to have your face in I it. I know, jeez, so. <laughs> man. But it's hard. I mean, you, you know, you, you can only tackle it from what you can see in the pages and interpret it the way you can interpret it. And I can't do much about the way I look. You know, that's just the way I look. So, I mean, hopefully... People are forgiving, and and I understand, and everybody has the right, and everybody should have, should have their own Dexter, you know, because, you know, you're drawing from your own life when you read the book, and and the characters are so well written and so reminiscent of people that you know, you know, so you will draw off your own life. But uh, you know, luckily I was Lona's version of Dexter, so that was that's good enough for me. I'll take that. Lona, what about for you as a director? Did you? Yes, definitely. Um, there's a big responsibility, not just to the writer, but also to the people who love the book. And um, um, as it became more and more popular in the States as well, where we were shooting, you felt that uh, pressure a lot. But the, I think the best way to handle it is to just make sure that it becomes proper cinema and not an attempt to be correct, but to do something to also honor people like you who have not read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have to just think of it as something positive, that there is so much attention, and it's a sign that there really is something with these characters you can identify with, and, and um, uh, that the tone of the book and hopefully the film is something that is accessible and, and um, feels good, even if there are very, very emotional moments. The fact that David's written the screenplay as well, you know, it's kind of, there's still an element of ownership there, you know, in terms of, you know, I guess when, when you and, and Anne were brought on sort of thing, in terms of, you wonder whether, you know, when he thought about it becoming a film of who he had in his mind in terms of playing those parts and stuff, so what was he, what was he like on, on, on set? Was he on set much? He was on set, there were times, certainly in the beginning, and then we, in the sort of uh, rehearsal period, we had opportunities to talk to David and, you mm. know, ask him any questions and just sort of bounce off each other. But he's so kind and was so generous and was so positive about whatever we were doing that that felt good, you know, to have the inventor of these characters. If he sort of gave us a thumbs up, mm. I felt kind of good about that. and It, it sort of spurred us on, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, David's a great guy, so... Um, who's got his question, please? Gentleman at the front. Hello, I'm Francesco. Hi, Francesco. <laughs> do you do you think uh, sing in this film? Do you sing? Do you sing? Do I sing in the film? No, no. <laughs> no. No, not at all. <laughs> there was a shower scene that got cut. There might be. No, no. no. Shame. <laughs> Thank <Shame>. you. <laughs> Next question. Good question. Obviously, a fan of your music, Jen. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Were either of you inspired by any particular films or life experiences when making and um, acting in the film? <laughs> um, I actually did look at a lot of films that have many time jumps because this film checks in on the same people, either one of them or both of them, every single year on the same day. But very often it's, it's much more in your face that the the makeup or costumes or cars or whatever is there to, in order to clarify to the audience that time passes. And with this film, it was the intention to do it in a much more uh, subtle 
way. So I couldn't really use any of those. Um, but I do think whenever you go to work in my type of work, you have all the best of what you've seen in the in the back of your head. And of course, that puts an enormous amount of pressure on you. But on the, on the other hand, it makes you prepare well and um, it makes you... Um, with this film, where it's almost like 23 small films put together because they move from very one diff world to another very different world, then it's good to have your whole craft with you, knowing that the year Dexter is a TV presenter calls for one style of filmmaking, and the more, um, uh, the heavier, more uh, emotional scenes where, for instance, he is with his uh, mother are more slow, more moving, and that takes a different kind of craft that you, of course, learn from some of all the films you've seen. Does that answer your question? No. <laughs> Jane, what about you? I mean, was Dexter a character for you that you feel, you know, you had to research much, or could you kind of, you know, kind of create him from yeah, life? It was, a, it was a weird, yeah. I mean, certainly, I, you know, I know, not know, but you see people like that, you know, swanning around the sort of bars of Soho or whatever. <laughs> On you know, telly. On telly, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> brushing with minor celebrity. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was up to a point I could draw a lot from my own life. And then, of course, he gets a lot older than I do. So then I had to sort of look at cousins and other people, you know, my own parents and, you know, other things through life. But I mean, I think young people can relate to sort of what he gets up to. And, and I think, you know, it's it's fine that he doesn't, quite isn't quite ready to commit to one person and that he struggles with love and relationships and sort of that side of of life you know and that he goes through some pretty traumatic things as well so I mean I think you know and certainly just being out having fun as a young person you know that's that's I could draw a lot from that you know also get a bit of a time machine visual image of yourself and you know yeah, I was quite pleased. I was quite Fox. pleased with how yeah. I looked at 43. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure I'll end up bald and fat, but he managed to keep his own hair, so I was all right with that. Uh, next question. I think there was a lady just behind. Um, Don't I be shy. I was wondering if you considered um, English actresses for the role and what made you um, like you've worked with Carrie Mulligan before, and I saw she's pretty talented. And what made you think of Anne instead? Or it's it's a really hard part. Um, and Anne is very experienced, considering how young she is. Uh, so that made a difference. Uh, but, but of course, when you interpret this beloved book, starting out by casting someone like Anne Hathaway, and she was cast very quickly, so we didn't really think of a lot of people because she was there almost from the very beginning. She, uh, it is a sign that the film is going to go in a more dramatic uh, direction. Uh, and because it starts out like very light romantic comedy and then uh, becomes more and more emotional, it's good to start out with someone who is not as light as a, an actress as we might have found. Because you only have 107 minutes, I think, to go through this emotion, uh, emotional journey that takes much longer in the book. So... I knew that it had to be someone experienced, that it had to be someone warm, someone who would work like a maniac to get it right. 
but also she's the kind of actress I really like. I admire the way she works, and strangely, she works a lot like um, uh, with uh, coming from a British tradition, even if she also is inspired by the American uh, method acting. The dialect is is something that the um, the British actors very often use as their way of access, accessing um, the character. Don't make it, don't make fun of my dialect. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and it helps you find the person. The, um, whether you're from Wales, having to play someone from Ireland or whatever. Uh, but we knew it was going to be an issue, and I think Emma is so loved, this Emma Morley, so no matter who played her, someone else would have had a, a better casting idea. Um, I'm really glad we made that choice. It was a, a fantastic journey, and I'm, I'm very grateful with the way that, that Anne and Jim uh, collaborated, because I think it means a lot, if not to the final film, because there are films where actors who don't get along play together very well, but, but I think it means a lot to the, the general uh, positive feel of the film that there is uh, good chemistry. It must be a bit of a, a gamble as a director in terms of, you know, you put two actors together who... I mean, did you know Anne beforehand? No, we never met, no. It, it, I guess it is a, a slight gamble and stuff, but you I mean, know? the chemistry's... But Fantastic. the more experienced they are, the less you gamble, of course, because yeah. the more they've yeah. proved that they can become different characters uh, mm. and always will play people who are very different, or well, often very different from themselves. Yeah. So um, that in itself makes you or them start at a, a level where a lot of the insecurity is not there, where the insecurity is about not doing it, but doing it as good as you possibly can. And that's, that puts you one step forward already. Isn't that how it feels? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you mentioned about putting the work in, and I, and I know when I mean, you can relate with Anne in terms of how much... I know she put in a lot of work with the dialect coaches, and, and you did the same for, Amer you know, the flip side of that, American for 21 and stuff as well, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I've, this is one of the only films where I've really used a British accent, to be honest. And then it was a slightly <laughs> posher version of my own, so I had a dialect coach as well. I was, Did you? I was like that, schooling away <laughs> the other, on the other side of the set. But, um, yeah, I think, I think the best thing to do, and Anne, Anne was really great. You know, she stayed in the accent all the time we were on the set. So for me, it, was, it, it became totally the way she spoke. That's how I saw her in the morning, and that's how I saw her as she left. You know, she always yeah. had an English accent, so then you completely forget about it. You know, yeah. After a week of doing that, it just becomes totally natural and then you, you're not even aware of it even happening. Um, yeah, it was only until she'd had a glass of wine or something in the bar afterwards <laughs> that you'd start hearing her American accent creeping out. I'd be like, what's that? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, and, and that, that way, and, and it's true, because when you watch the film, she owns that voice. She does, and there's so many films where you, people, you can hear they're putting on an accent, and it doesn't feel like that at all when you watch the film and with Anne doing it. You know, and that's just from doing it all day, every day. And she really committed herself to do that. And, and I think it's, it's really, really subtle because there has been talk of the accent and stuff as well. And I think that, you know, you don't want her to come on screen and sound like someone from, you probably won't know what I'm going to talk about, Emmerdale. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. kind of, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, from someone who's traveled from Scotland, worked in London and stuff, 
your accent changes. Yeah. You know, where you take on, you know, dialects from different parts of where you are and stuff. And you do, you forget, you kind of forget that Anne Hathaway is playing Emma and that she's American when you're watching the film. And yeah, that's I did. Sign I mean, a I good watch. Yeah. And also, like, someone wrote, wrote a review saying, uh, Oh, Jim Sturgis's British accent is terrible. Why, why, why do they always cast Americans in these in these British roles? I was like, I don't know. I'll, I I'll that. take that as a compliment out in America. I don't know. Um, what do you want people to to take from this film, Lona? I think there's a big issue about time. Not just. I mean, Dexter really learns what love is over the course of the film. Emma learns how destructive insecurity can be and what she could demand from love but the but but the issue about time about how you spend your time about how to not waste this most valuable thing that you have is is i think profound and um, worth hopefully the time you spend watching the film um and film and time have a fantastic relation that's made it a, a great uh, experience to direct this film. Jim, do you have a, a favourite scene? Favourite scene? Oh. Or most memorable? Well, uh, yeah, the most memorable scene was, was the scene with the baby that I had, which was possibly one of the worst days of my life. <laughs> How long did it take to film? I was just, yeah, we did a whole day of it. I was really tired as well. I remember we'd been working really hard and someone just thrust this sort of screaming baby in my arms and I had to sort of deal with that. And this baby just, he just hated me, no matter did what I did. Yeah, that, that's true, he did kind of sing. Yeah, that's true, yeah. He did kind of sing. A bit of wham or something, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I can't remember. But yeah, it was just, you know, it was really, and it, luckily, the, you know, Dexter's not supposed to be a great father, you know. But it was really, that was hard work, you know, having to work with this child. Who, and you could put it to, give it the baby to anybody else and it would calm down and be beautiful and angelic and everybody loved it. And then it just r related me to just sort of hatred, I think, I don't know. They and then the minute it came something. back to me and it would claw at my face and just sort of scream in my ear. And, and then, uh, but they, they often do it in pairs, you know, so there's, there's two babies, so they're twins. And so the second one would come down and give the other one a bit of a break and it would be all <laughs> calm and angelic and well-rested and everyone would think how beautiful it was. And they'd hand it over to me and then it would just shriek with, with pure hatred for me, yeah. You know you're going to be reunited with those so, twins in like yeah. <laughs> 18 years' time. Happy I, birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that's the closest I ever felt to Dexter at that moment because I felt, I felt what he was going through for real. <laughs> I'm going to give you one last chance for questions and then we're going to wrap things up. Anyone go? There we go. Lady right there. Well, actually, it's not a question. Oh. I'm, I'm from Spain and I just wanted to know that I really admire your work and I'm looking forward to watch your new film. Oh, thank you very okay. much. Thank you. Thank you. What a lovely way to end then, I think, everyone. Um, thank you so much for coming down this evening. <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Thank right, you very thank much. You. Thanks, Thanks a lot, Thank you. Thanks.